Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill. And this episode is going to be a two-parter because the next episode is the second part, obviously. But um, this is an interesting scenario because at the time that this episode is being released, we are maybe getting close to the end of this global pandemic. But in South Park... They had a pandemic about 13 years ago, or at least at the time of this recording. Which is why today's episode is Pandemic. Who would have ever thought that when this episode first aired in 2008, that in 2021 we would be actually dealing with a pandemic. But this pandemic is completely different from what we have gone through. So... Let's dive into this week's episode. It is Pandemic. The episode originally aired on October 22nd, 2008, was written and directed by Trey Parker. So the episode begins at the mall where the guys are about ready to leave after Kenny buys a razor for (sighs) shaving his balls. I really don't know why. Never mind. When all of a sudden, Stan sees a Peruvian pan flute band playing. And he kind of is upset because this is the third one he's seen as of late. So they get outside of the mall. And there's another Peruvian pan flute band that is playing. And this just drives Stan crazy and he goes home. So that night, they are at dinner, and everyone is there except for Randy, who is obsessed with his new camcorder that he recently got, and he's been filming every single thing he has, basically basically everything the family is doing. And this really starts to drive the the family crazy. Then... Stan hears something. There's a Peruvian pan flute band outside of his house. And this is just about to drive Stan crazy. And then Randy asks if he can, you know, if Stan can go stand next to them. Well, the next day, Stan goes over to Kyle's house where they're playing a board game. And Stan tells them that these Peruvian pan flute bands are making money. So, they decide that they should create their own Peruvian pan flute band to make some money. But, how are they going to be able to do this? Because it costs money to get clothes and the instruments and to do the different, you know, technical things. So they go to Craig's house. And we find out that Craig just recently had a birthday. And he got $100 from his grandmother. So the boys try to convince Craig that he should invest his $100 into this Peruvian pan flute band. And that he'll be able to make his money back and more 
in one afternoon, to which Craig begrudgingly agrees to. Meanwhile, at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, we see that, well, there's a Peruvian ban problem going worldwide. A Peruvian pandemic, you can say. Because it's going all over the world. United States, Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, you name it, it's all there. And one senator at one point is like, why should we help the other countries when we could take care of ourselves? So then the boys start playing their Peruvian music and it's Mary has a little lamb and they start to get money. Then all of a sudden, we see another Peruvian pan flute band playing at the mall. And this gets the boys upset. And Cartman gets so upset that he takes one of the flutes away from one of the members of that band. So now, they start playing again when another Peruvian pan flute band starts playing. And this gets the guys upset. Okay, so we're five plus minutes into this review. And I've been saying Peruvian pan flute band a lot. So let's talk about what a pan flute is. So a pan flute is a musical instrument based on the principle of the closed tube consisting of multiple pipes of gradually increasing length and occasionally girth. Multiple varieties of pan flutes have been popular as folk instruments. The pipes are typically made from bamboo, giant cane, or local reeds. Other materials include wood, plastic, metal, and ivory. And the pan flute really goes all the way back as far as the Greek mythology days. And it can be used, you know, not only in Peruvian music, but in all kinds of music. Uh, there's an artist, Dom Flemons, of the Carolina Chocolate Drops, who plays a pan flute. It's, a it's called a quill, which is a traditional African-American pan flute. So, now the government has decided we have to get all of these Peruvian bands out of here. So, Homeland Security comes in, and they take each band one by one and the boys even get taken in and taken away and they end up in Miami where they are all trapped in a camp and they try to talk to one of the soldiers saying they've made a big mistake a huge misunderstanding that they are not from Peru Meanwhile, the parents start to get worried about the boys because no one has seen them in days. And this is where we get kind of an argument because the parents, mainly uh, Kyle's parents and Stan's parents, blame Craig's parents because Craig is apparently a bad influence, which gets into an argument of who really is a worse influence between the three of them. So that night, the head of the Homeland Security, Michael Chertoff, tells the Peruvian band members that they are all going away. Because tomorrow, they will be going to Guantanamo Bay 
and will be staying there for the rest of their lives. And this gets Kyle a little bit anxious because like we we can't go. We, we, we just cannot go. So while this is going on, we see Randy once again using the camera. Obviously, this is a reference to something which I'll get to at the end of this review. So then, there's a meeting outside of the gate where the Homeland Security crew is talking about where they should go after next. And it's a fun little segment where it's like, okay, where do they live? And one of them is like, well, there's no place called Peruvian. And he's like, you idiot, it's Peru. We gotta go after Peru. So, then they find out that a band tried to get out of this, you know, made jail. And it's the guys. So, then they have a conversation with Michael Chertoff. And they say that they are not from Peru. And that, you know, they're kids. They were born in America. And Carmen even makes the point of, we're white. So, then... Chertoff has a meeting, another meeting outside of the negotiation room, where they discuss that maybe the guys could be used to do something. So they come back and they give them an offer. If they help Homeland Security with this one mission, they can go back home. If they don't, they'll go to Guantanamo Bay for the rest of their lives. The thing is, they have to go to Peru. And then Kyle starts to freak out. No! No! I don't want to go to Peru! To which Stan replies, uh, One of our friends was raped in Peru. Go back a couple episodes, you'll know who they're talking about. So now, as this is going on, Craig has this wonderful speech of like do you know why nobody likes you guys do you know why nobody likes you because you're always getting in the same same situations same problems you never learn you never learn from your mistakes and you just keep going you just do it over and over again you never learn from your mistakes so then we get a CNN update where it has been a few days since any Peruvian bands have been playing. When all of a sudden, we hear rumblings. And stuff starts to explode. And this police car goes flying. And then we have to cut back to the CNN studio. And they start to have problems. And they're being broken into. What could this be? Meanwhile, at the at the jail in Miami, one of the Peruvian band members is trying to talk to a soldier telling them you got to let us out, you know, and, and he's speaking in his native language and he's saying if you don't let us out, something bad is going to really really happen. So then we are at the Marsh House where Sharon is on the phone with someone and they're asking if, you know, they've seen the boys and if you do, let us know. When Randy has the camera again. And then they hear the same sound. 
and Randy starts walking. And they, you know, are curious what it is. So Randy's the only one that goes out, and everybody is running. And they keep saying the same thing. It's furry. It's furry. It's furry. And what is it? It's giant guinea pigs. <laughs> yes, giant guinea pigs have invaded South Park. So Randy runs with the camera on, and he is basically scared. So how big are guinea pigs? Well, they're actually not that big. Uh, I, I, I'd say they're a little bit bigger than the size of a mouse and smaller than a rabbit would be the best way to to put it. I, I, I guess that would be the best way to put it. Um, now, uh, guinea pigs, if you want to know the technical name, is Cavia porcellus. That is their binomial name. They are part of the Animalia Kingdom, and they are domesticated animals, so you can have them as pets. So, the guys are in a big airplane on their way to Peru, and then Craig talks again. He's like, give us $100. We'll make your money back. Now I'm going to Miami, and then I'm going to Peru. Yeah, this was a really good idea. Did you guys ever think that this would backfire? To which Cartman's like, dude, stop being a dick. You're, you're bringing us down. And then we go back to Homeland Security. And Michael Chertoff is looking at the map. And there's no red dots. And one of the generals comes in and talks about these guinea pigs coming. But Chertoff knew this was going to happen. And that he can't let anybody else know that this was happening. So he kills this lieutenant. And he talks about how there's only one person who could stop this. And he's on his way to another country. And we take a look. And it's Craig? Craig is the one that can stop this? And that is the end of Pandemic. Now... Before I give my thoughts on the episode, real quick, this is obviously a parody of the movie Cloverfield, which came out in January of 2008. This movie had a $25 million budget and made $172 million in the box office. And this was a very successful movie. Now... Since then, uh, they I, I do believe they have made some sequels to the Cloverfield franchise. But this first one was a really big deal. This was pretty big at the time. Um, there's obviously been parodies of this movie. South Park being one of them. Uh, also, Robot Chicken did a Cloverfield skit many years ago of uh, the movie so 
this is this is a movie that has been made fun of and been parodied and excuse me you know it, it's just one of those movies that may you could say maybe has kind of been done to death but then again maybe it hasn't so uh, as far as this episode goes this was kind of an enjoyable episode um it's not taking itself any seriously it's not supposed to be a serious episode it's kind of a funny episode uh using peruvian pan flute bands that's actually quite an interesting idea i'm going to give this a seven out of ten that's going to be my score for this episode is a seven out of ten um Another reference that I do want to mention in this episode, the detention center in Miami is a reference uh, to that used after the Mariel boat lift, which was featured in the 1983 movie Scarface with Al Pacino. Uh, The episode received mixed reviews. IGN gave this episode a 6.2 out of 10, stating, The show falls back on its old gimmicks of a national crisis with fast-paced scenes of men talking importantly about stupid things. The show is good at this stuff, but we've seen it all before and it seems out of place and meaningless here. It's a long walk for a joke that's only somewhat amusing. Okay, let's go to IMDB and see what the people there thought of this episode. Of 2,000 people, the average rating for this episode is an 8.1 out of 10. 637 people gave this an 8. 311 people gave it a 7. That's going to be the grade I give it. It almost was an 8, but I think a 7 a good spot. Uh, 385 people gave this a 10, and 34 people gave it a 1. As far as males go, the average rating was an 8.0, with its highest demographic being 18 to 29, with an 8.1 rating. For females, their average rating is also an 8.0, with their highest demographic being 18 to 29. They have an 8.5. So the younger viewers, the 18 to 29 group, really seem to enjoy this episode so let's get into some of the reviews that were left on imdb and i'm going to start with a brand this is a new one i I don't think i've ever read this one this person's review this is from luis underscore rianoso dash 19 dash 479358 who wrote i agree with the other stellar reviews which have captured most of what I wanted to say. One small but important point I'd like to add is that they got the Peruvian cultural references spot on. As a Peruvian American with a Peruvian wife, we were particularly annoyed with the Peruvian references in the last Indiana Jones film. With their massive budget, they couldn't have done a little research to get those cultural details right. They actually had mariachi music playing in Peru. Eyes rolling. Fortunately, the South Park guys did us proud. Both of us were in hysterics laughing at this episode, especially when we saw the monsters reveal. Absolutely classic. Okay, let's go to another review. This is from Tweakums, who wrote, 
On a trip to the mall, the boys complain about the Peruvian pan pipe bands that seem to be everywhere. That, e that evening, Stan even sees one playing outside his house. He also notices that they are making quite a lot of money. There are, on there are only one thing from them to do. They will form their own Peruvian pan pipe band. The four boys cons conscript Craig into their band as he recently been given $100 and they needed money to buy equipment. What they had encountered on was decision of Homeland Security to cure the pan-pipe pandemic once and for all by rounding up every band and taking them to a holding camp in Miami. Here they try to explain that they are just American kids, but the guards are unsure what to believe and suspect the boys might be used to eradicate the bands once and for all by sending them to Peru. While they are flying south, it emerges that the pan-pipe band served a valuable purpose warding off an attack by giant guinea pigs. The episode was rather fun. The idea that panpipe bands could be considered a threat to global security was amusingly surreal, as was the reveal at the end when we learned that they were really doing good saving everybody from the giant guinea pigs. There are some fairly obvious references to the film Cloverfield, most notably as Randy films his family's daily activities then films the guinea pig attack complete with that film's obvious shaky cam style. It was fun seeing Craig take a central role, especially when he kept being sarcastic after their incarceration. Being the first part of a two-part story, you'll have to watch the next episode to discover how the boys get back to South Park. Uh, let's read another review. This is from Excuse me. From Squib31, who wrote, Craig has to be one of my favorite secondary characters. So, needless to say, I love this two parter. One of his best. One of the best. His sarcastic, deadpan humor is fantastic, and even in, an, in other episodes where he has one or two lines, they're always a highlight for me. Having also seen Cloverfield, I thought these episodes were very clever. So many characters shine in these. Even Randy was great, as his usual annoying self. One last review, and then we're going to wrap it up. This is from Potsy-1, who wrote, It's been so many episodes ago since South Park had an episode like this. Finally, an episode that is both hilarious, but also with the same spirit that South Park had a couple of years ago. Finally, a story that is mainly around the four boys. No, Kenny is not snubbed. That starts with something simple and ends with all hell breaking loose. Classic South Park in my opinion. I am glad that the boys are finally four friends again and not stand with Kyle, Eric alone, and Kenny invisible. Don't get me wrong, Cartman is still a delightful asshole, but once in a while he plays a board game or something with the boys, as shown in the episode. I hope the show keeps heading that way and doesn't continue with these tiny yet noticeable ups and downs. So this is actually a pretty positive thought episode from the reviewers at IMDB. And that will do it for this episode. So you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97 and you can join the Facebook group. It is Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar, and you are right there. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description 
of each and every episode. Next time around, it is, well, part two of this pandemic with Pandemic 2, The Startling. That is the next episode next time on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am Bill. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all next time.